Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Let us be ready. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. This is a message that must be preached. It is a message that must be heard. And friends, that is why we give our miracle offering. It is to carry this message into every family, to every community, to every city and to every nation around the world. To tell people that Jesus who came in bodily form and then died to save us from our sins rose from the dead returned to the father this same Jesus is coming back one day Jesus is coming back this is the prophetic message of God's word that must burn in our hearts that we must carry to our schools to our workplaces to our family members in the highways and the byways telling everyone that Jesus is coming back one day. Jesus is coming back. In John chapter 14, Jesus spoke to his disciples about returning to the Father. And understandably, they were afraid, they were anxious. They were hopeless. But then while he spoke to them, Jesus made a startling promise. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Jesus promised his disciples then. Jesus makes that promise to you today that he is coming back to take us to be with him. And those words from Jesus still provide the greatest comfort and hope in this broken and chaotic world that we're living in. When you watch the news, when you listen to politicians or economists or medical practitioners, and you watch what is on social media and read it, it is very clear that things are not getting better. Things are getting worse. And I know that brings anxiety and it brings hopelessness. And in your heart you're asking, who is going to bring an end to all this madness? Jesus is coming back to bring an end to all this madness. And as we hold on to the hope, that his return will bring, it then becomes vitally important that we reflect on what Jesus said about his return. 
Matthew chapter 24 verse 44, Jesus said, So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. Friends, since Jesus is going to come back at an hour when we do not expect Him, I want to ask you this question. Are you ready for the return of Jesus? If Jesus were to return right this moment, are you sure that you would be with him forever? Does the thought of his return fill your heart with joy or fear? Is this something that you have ignored? Something that you have dismissed? Something that you have laughed at? Living your life as if you will be here forever? Maybe you're asking Brian, what, what does it mean that Jesus will return? What will happen when he returns? So over the next three weeks, we want to talk to you about the fact that because Jesus is coming back, we must get ready. Let's pray. Jesus, we're so thankful for your word. You said it, and we believe it. You are coming back. I pray as we hear your word today, that we won't just be hearers of your word, but that we'll begin to live our lives ready for your return. We thank you for your word and we receive it. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen. And as we dive into this new series called Get Ready, today I want to speak to you about the signs of Jesus' return. Because listen, my friend, Jesus is coming back and we must get ready. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is leaving the temple and he has a conversation with his disciples in which they wanted to know what it will look like when he returns. The Bible tells us this was the conversation. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Forty years after Jesus had this conversation, the Romans brought that temple down. 
As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these things are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So when you see, standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get their clock. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. Between verse 22 and verse 35, Jesus continues this discussion with his disciples, telling them of what will happen when he returns. We're going to pick it up again in verse 36 where Jesus begins to bring the conversation home, pointing them to what truly matters. But about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, 
he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he's not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you follow that conversation that Jesus has with his disciples, telling them about the signs of his return, you will notice that some have already happened in history. Some of them continue to happen. But here is the real deal. More than at any other point in history, these signs are happening with an increasing measure of intensity. Could we be the generation to see the soon return of Jesus? Jesus gave these signs for you and I, for our benefit. Because you see, a sign is not an end in itself. A sign points you to what is ahead. A sign draws your attention to what you must do if you are driving at a very high speed. And you see a sign that just says 50, it means begin to slow down in this area. A sign will help you make sense of where you are and where you're going. Jesus gave these signs to help us make sense of the days that we are living in. So that we must never be caught unaware. Because he is coming back and we need to be wide-eyed and aware of the times that we're living in. It's important that we pay attention to these signs so that we are ready. Let's go through some of them. Jesus said that there will be false messiahs. Verse 4 to 5 and verse 11, Jesus said, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Friends, this is happening today. There are so many people popping up on every continent around the world claiming to be Jesus. Claiming to be the son of God who's returned. In Uganda, we have a Wobushobozi. Kenya, Mwalimu Watongole. In Australia, 
in the Philippines. He has this big compound called the Garden of Eden where he lives with his followers because he has returned. In England, he lives in a park. He doesn't wear sandals. He doesn't have a home. He says, I'm the Messiah and I have returned. Another one in Siberia who comes once in a while down from the mountain and people gather at the foot of the mountain to worship him holding candles because the Messiah has returned. In every continent, these are the days that Jesus spoke about. Could we be the generation to see the return of Jesus? False prophets claiming to be messengers of God coming with a message from God to God's people. Jesus called them false prophets because although they claim to be messengers from God, they are no messenger of God at all. They perform signs and wonders and deceive many. They bring big gatherings and they're broadcast on television and everyone has their eyes fixed on this person who claims to be a messenger of God and yet they are false and not from God at all. Instead of drawing people to the Lord, they take attention from the Lord, drawing it to themselves. Instead of teaching people to fix their eyes on Jesus, they teach them to fix their eyes on the material things of the world. It is happening in our day. We must get ready. Jesus Continued to teach about the signs. He said there will be wars and rumors of war. Verse 67. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. Look at the world today. Almost on every continent. We see wars happening. We hear of rumors of wars as if the world is just about to break out into an all-out war. There is increasing violence all around the world. Terrorist attacks in every continent. Racial tensions at an all-time high. School shootings are happening. Nation against nation, tribe against tribe. Look at Ukraine and Russia. Look at Israel and Palestine. But the physical wars we see are not the only wars that are happening, friends. They are ideology wars that are happening in our world today. Economic ideology wars, capitalism, socialism, communism. There is social ideological wars, white against black, black lives matter, white supremacy. It's happening in our day. Morality ideology wars, liberalism or relativism, religious ideology wars, Islam, Christianity, Buddhism. It is happening in our day. And these are the ideologies be that are behind the physical wars that we see. It is happening. We must pay attention. We could be the generation to see the return of Jesus. Jesus continued to teach. 
He said there'll be famine and earthquakes. Verse 7 to 8. There will be famine and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of bath pains. If you watch the news, you will know that there is a looming global food crisis. Earthquakes are happening in various places around the world. This same conversation in Matthew 24 is also found in Luke 21 and Mark 13. Talks about pestilences, new diseases, COVID. It's a couple of years ago and many others that we're grappling with in our world today. I went to the World Food Program website. They said there's a global hunger crisis. Up to 783 million people. In other words, one in ten of the world's population suffer from chronic hunger. They have offices in 79 countries. They gather data. And this is what their data is telling them. That more than 345 million people are facing high levels of food insecurity. Not even sure of a meal a day. We don't have to go too far. It's happening here in Uganda. It's happening in Africa. Earthquakes in Morocco, all around the world. We felt the tremors here in Uganda. Unusual climatic things where we see landslides happening. And in all these things, so many lives have been claimed. And here's what goes on in my heart and in my mind. I begin to think for those people who died in the earthquake or who've died of starvation, did they know that morning when they woke up, they would breathe their last? Were they ready to meet their Savior that morning? Did they even know him? Are you sure that if you breathed your last today, you would be with Jesus forever? We must get ready. Jesus continued to teach. He said that there would be persecution and many will turn away from the faith. In verse 9 to 10, you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. It's happening. It's happening. The world today is so intolerant towards people that are born again. And who profess their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It is becoming harder today to stand up for your faith in Jesus Christ. You will be fired from your job because you're trying to be a man and woman of integrity. You don't want to cook the books. You don't want to forge the receipts. You'll get kicked out. As a student refusing to sleep with a lecturer so that you can get your grades with integrity. When you try to stand up for what is right, you are silenced, you are kicked out, you are failed and you do not graduate. The Bible in some places around the world is called a hate book. People who try 
to stand up for what is true in the media space are shut down. They're maligned. No one wants to hear what they have to say because when they stand up for what is right, they treat them as people who are old-fashioned, archaic, and have nothing to contribute to the world today. And sometimes as believers, we walk around with a defeatist mentality because we think we don't have a contribution to make. The message of the Lord Jesus Christ is still very relevant and is what brings salvation. Maybe you're going through some difficulty because you chose to stand for Jesus. Hold on. Jesus said, he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Checked out a platform called Open Doors International. They are a non-denomination organization that support persecuted Christians around the world. And here's what they say. That more than 360 million Christians suffer at least high levels of persecution and discrimination. In other words, they are arrested, they are tortured, they are detained and murdered for their faith. Statistics are showing that one in every five Christians in Africa faces persecution. Two out of five in Asia and one out of 15 in Latin America. It is happening and listen friends, it's not going to slow down. It's only going to intensify. Hold on to your faith in Jesus. He is coming back again. Jesus continued to teach about the signs. He said that there would be an increase in wickedness. In verse 12 to 14, because of the increase in wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Just look at the world today. There is an explosion in all forms of wickedness. The world has gone mad. The world is going crazy. What is evil is celebrated as good and what is good is considered evil. Apostle Paul talked about these days saying not only do we protect this sin, we begin to celebrate it in Romans chapter 1. He was writing about these days. Jesus spoke about our generation. All manner of sexual perversion, which has become one of the fastest growing industries, a billion dollar industry in pornography and all of sex trafficking. Children being lured into it. Injustice, corruption, senseless murders there is an increase in wickedness listen friends we could be the generation to see the return of Jesus we need to be ready Jesus also talked about the abomination that causes desolation Matthew 24 verse 15 Jesus said so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation Spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. When you begin to study history, you notice that 200 years before Jesus had this conversation with his disciples, there was a Greek ruler and his name was Antiochus IV. He did something that was an abomination, something that was disgusting. He stood at the altar where the Jews brought their sacrifices to the Lord. He put up an image of Zeus, the Greek God. And then he slaughtered a pig on that altar. Now to the Jews, they don't eat the pig. That was an abomination for them. 
he forced them to sacrifice to pagan gods. He had so many Jews arrested and martyred. But Jesus said that although that had happened, it was in the full rollout of that prophecy. It says spoken of through the prophet Daniel. Daniel speaks about a leader, a man who would come. This is after Jesus has returned. There's always going to be an all-out war between Israel and her enemies. This man would come and then he's going to bring peace between Israel and her enemies. And it would be a seven-year deal of peace. But halfway through that deal, three and a half years into that deal, this man will do exactly what Antiochus did. He will stand in the holy place and commit an abomination. Because he comes from the Antichrist who is really the devil. The spirit that is against Christ in the world. He will declare himself to be God. He will do something that is an abomination. And because the Jews had believed in him that he was the one to bring peace finally. When he declares it, they will see him for the liar that he is. And Jews will begin to turn back to Jesus in repentance. And an all-out persecution will break out against the Jews. It will be like nothing they've seen before. That's why Jesus said, let him who is in the field do not go back to pick your cord. If you're upstairs, don't go downstairs to pick it. He says it will be difficult days. Flee from Judea. It's coming. And then Jesus talks about the final sign that will usher in his return. The preaching of the gospel. In verse 14, Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Listen, friends, with the use of technology today in our day, the gospel is literally being preached in every nation around the world. Could we be the generation to see the coming of Jesus? And I tell you, what an opportunity. What an opportunity to participate in this last revival. Telling people that this Jesus who went is coming back. What an opportunity for you and I. It is urgent. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. But Jesus talked about the signs. But what do we do? What must we do? Three things. Number one. Get saved. Get saved. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 verse 3. Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. To be born again, friends, is to come to that place where you recognize I am a sinner and I have failed God. And come to repentance to Jesus and ask him to forgive you. Because he died for you, my brother, my sister. He shed his blood to wash away your sin. You don't have to face the judgment of God. Put your faith in Jesus so that you may be saved. And when Jesus comes back, you will be with him forever. That 
that is the hope we have. Everyone that is born again, even though you die before Jesus returns, the Bible tells us those who are dead in Christ will be the first to get caught up with him in the cloud. That is the hope we have. Put your faith in Jesus for the salvation of your soul. Secondly, work out your salvation. If you are born again, don't play around. Don't play around with your faith. Take it very seriously. It cost the Lord his life. He shed his blood for your soul. Don't play around with sin. Surrender your life, your whole life to the Lord. Apostle Paul said, so then my dear ones, just as you have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. That is cultivated. Bring it to full effect. Actively pursue spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ, for it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, to strengthen, to energize, and create in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Work out your salvation. And many times when we hear this message of Jesus is coming back, we begin to get afraid. We freeze. So we don't go anywhere. We don't interact with anyone because we don't want to contaminate ourselves. Jesus is going to find us unholy. Let me tell you something. This message should not cause you to freeze. It should liberate you. It should create an urgency in your life. That is why we talk about planting cells. Why do we plant cells in our communities? To reach people with the love of Jesus. Begin to open your home. It is urgent that people hear the gospel. When we give in our miracle offering, it is to take the gospel to every nation. This is urgent, my brother. This is urgent, my sister. When we talk about planting campuses, it is about reaching people with the love of Jesus. We must preach the gospel. It is urgent. Finally, do not be alarmed. This is for us who are believers in Jesus. Because we know where our security is. When we see the confusion in the world, we are not afraid. We are not alarmed. We are not taken by surprise. Jesus said that these things must happen. Do not be alarmed in verse 6. And in verse 8 it says all these things are the beginning of birth pains. We have an anchor for our hope. Jesus is coming back again. The world may be running crazy, but I came to encourage you. Jesus is in charge of the world. And everything that is going on doesn't take him by surprise. The bath pains intensify as the baby is about to be born. These things are intensifying. Jesus is about to return. Are you ready? Jesus, we're so thankful for your word. We hear you loud and clear. You said these words more than 2,000 years ago. And they ring true today. God, I pray that where we have taken your soon return for granted, 
may there be an awakening all across the world, living our lives every day so that we may be ready when you return. We thank you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Jesus said it. No one knows the day or the hour. That's not for us to know. But what Jesus asks you and I to do is to get ready. It starts when you give your life to Jesus. And you say, Jesus, you died for me. Jesus, you love me. I don't want to take you for granted. I offer my life to you. He will forgive you and save you. And when you meet Jesus, you'll meet him as your savior and not just your judge. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Brian, that's me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be a child of God. I want to be ready. You lift up your hand. You say, Brian, that's me. I want to be ready for when Jesus returns. Lift your hand to him. You're lifting it to Jesus because he's the only one that saves. He loves you so much. Will you lift your hand to him? Give your heart to him. Downstairs, upstairs, here in person. Will you lift up your hand in the overflow? Lift up your hand and say, Jesus, here is my life. Forgive me. Lift up your hand. Wherever you see that, Jesus is that hand. Thank you. Will you lift up your hand? Lift it real high to him. Online. You say, Brian, I give my heart to Jesus. Here's what I want you to do. Go into the comment section right now and type it out. Jesus, I give my life to you. Type it right now. Lift up that emoji of a hand. Type it. You're making a commitment to Jesus. Here in person, lift up your hand. Jesus loves you. You don't have to face God's judgment. You can be saved. The judgment of God. Put your faith in Jesus. Some of you are here you're saying, Brian, I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I want to offer my life to Jesus. I want to bring back my life to him. Lift up your hand as well. Recommit your life to Jesus. He will never push you away. He loves you. He died for you to save you. And he's alive and coming back for you one day. Would you lift up your hand and recommit your life to Jesus? Jesus loves you. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Thank you. Jesus is that hand right over there. God bless you, sir. Jesus sees that hand. Jesus sees those hands that are going up. Will you lift it? This is the very last call. Online, on air. Will you lift up your hand? If you're online, type in the comment section, I recommit my life to Jesus. On air, in that room, whether you're giving your life to Jesus for the very first time or that you're recommitting your life, lift up your hand. Lift it up right now. Thank you, Jesus. Is that hand over there? Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Is that hand there? Now you've lifted up your hand. Here's what I want you to do. Would you pray this prayer after me and mean it from the bottom of your heart? You're making a personal commitment to Jesus. Church, let's all pray together and encourage those making this commitment as loud as we can, saying, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I recognize that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, you are the only Savior. Today, I'm asking you to forgive me. Wash me clean. In your precious blood, give me a brand new life. Jesus, I now receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And from this day, I believe that I am born again. 
that I'm a child of God. I will live for you and I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, let everybody clap their hands and say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. I want to thank you for praying that prayer here in person, online and on air. In person, a friend of mine will connect with you who want to help you grow online. Click the link. Let us know who you are. Your name and number so important to us. Want to get in touch with you on air. Send us a quick email. Connect at watodochurch.com. Say, Brian, I give my life to Jesus today. We want to get in touch with you and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Watodo Church, shall we clap our hands one more time and celebrate our brothers and sisters and one day when Jesus returns, you will be with him forever. Amen. 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 Wow. I want to thank you so much for being a part of our celebration service today. You and your family, wherever you are around the world, here in person, we're so delighted that you would come. Let us live our lives every day knowing Jesus will return. Let's get ready. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,